Good morning. Welcome to New Life. We're so glad you're here. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, I'm Pastor Chris. For the rest of you who didn't recognize me in my disguise, it's Mother's Day. And every year on Mother's Day, I wear a suit to, uh, in memory of my mom uh, and in honor of my wife, Nancy, uh, two of the best mothers I've ever met. And uh, well, a happy Mother's Day to all of you for whom that applies. I know Mother's Day is a challenging day for many of us. It is for me. My mom hasn't been here for 29 Mother's Days now. I know where she is, but I still miss her. Um, some of you uh, want to be a mother and you haven't had a child yet. And Nancy and I went through that for the first 10 years of our marriage. And then she got pregnant and, and, uh, and she had a miscarriage. So we went through that. And, and so sort of Mother's Day can be like a high for people or it can be a real low for people. Uh, and Mother's Day isn't a biblical holiday. It, it's just a national holiday. But I think it's so important. And actually, I think God agrees because the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and mother for this is right and actually, uh, Paul the Apostle in Ephesians chapter 6, he reminded us it's the first, and actually it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that has a promise. And the promise is if we honor our mom and our dad, uh, that it, we will live long in the land that God gives us. And so uh, I, I do want to say Happy Mother's Day to those of you for whom it applies. If your mom wasn't a great mom, uh, we have the greatest Heavenly Father uh, who is perfect in every way. And, and my mom was a wonderful mom, but Jesus and, and, and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are infinitely more loving than her. I can't imagine that, but it's true. So today we're in this series, as you can see, that's called Changes That Heal. And I want to introduce it by saying, if you're older than I am, which mostly that's not true in this church, but let's say you're 80 years old, uh, then you will remember probably back in 1953, there was a comedy team called Abbott and Costello. And they put a sketch together called Who's On First? And maybe if you're not that old, you've seen it. And one of the guys pretended to be the manager of a St. Louis baseball team and the other a potential player. And so the manager is introducing the, the player to the players on the team by name. And so he says, so let's see, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. And that guy says, that's what I want to find out, the guy's names. And he says, well, I'm telling you, we got who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. And the guy says, that's what I want to know. What's the name of the guy that plays first base? And he says, no, no, what's on second? Who's on first? And it goes back and forth like this. And the guy never realizes uh, that, that the first baseman's name is who. The second baseman's name is what. The third baseman's name is I don't know. And there's the name for everybody on the team. Um, but the guy thinks he knows what's going on, but he doesn't have a clue. That's what makes it sort of funny. But I'm going to ask a who's on first question. That's the title of the message today, who's on first. It's much more important. And the question is, who is the most important person in our lives. That's what we're going to deal with today as we talk about changes that heal. And as uh, we started this series two weeks ago, I talked about forgiveness as the foundation for our relationships and our connection to God. And what I said then was that forgiveness destroys the devil's work and draws us close to God. God created us. We had a perfect relationship with God. That is Adam and Eve. The first couple had a perfect relationship with God, but then they rejected God. And even in that rejection, God still loved us. And so he forgave them. He ultimately sent Jesus, his only son, to forgive all of us and to stand in our place. He lived a perfect life, a life we couldn't live. And he died on the cross and paid the penalty of death, which we owed for our sins. And he gave us a new life. So that's why forgiveness is the basis of all 
healing, all health as human beings. And what I said was that once we've received the forgiveness, when we start to share that forgiveness with each other, the devil's work is destroyed because the devil wants to isolate us. He hates God, he hates us, and he wants to separate us from God and from each other. But as we receive forgiveness and we share it with each other, then our relationships can grow. And then last week, what Pastor Brad said, oh, before we get to what Pastor Brad said last week, I want to underline what kind of health we're talking about in this series. And here it is. Growing up as Jesus followers heals us spiritually and emotionally. We're talking about spiritual health, as you would expect in a church, but also emotional health. What goes on in our mind with our feelings? What goes on in, in our, our active will? All of those things are wrapped up in reflecting the image of God. That's really what we're talking about in the final four weeks of the series. And uh, I, we get that from Genesis chapter 1. And, and this is what we read there in verses 26 and 27. God said, let us make man in our image, in our image. That's the key phrase. In our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we were created in God's image. We were supposed to reflect certain characteristics of God. Now, there are characteristics of God we can't reflect. We can't be omniscient, all-knowing. We can't be omnipresent. We, can't be, we can only be one place at one time, not many places at one time. But what we can be like, and that's what we're talking about in this series, is we can be like God in our connection or bonding with, first of all, with God and then with others. And that's what Pastor Brad did talk about last week. In fact, he said in his take-home point, God is a relational being, and he created a relational universe. Therefore, at the foundation of every living thing is the idea of relationship to become spiritually and emotionally healthy. This is what I'm going to sort of sum up his whole message by saying this. To become spiritually and emotionally healthy, we must connect with God and one another. Pastor Brad reminded us last week that we tend to relate with other people the way we were first related with in our lives, by our parents primarily. And so if our parents' relationship with us was not effective, then our relating with others may not be effective. That's bad news. But the good news is, once Jesus' forgiveness comes into our life, once we establish that relationship, what Jesus called being born again, then the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to change us from the inside out, and our connections with God and others can become healthy over time. And if you missed Pastor Brad's message, I would encourage you to go online to our website, newlifexn.org, or go to the New Life app, which you can download, uh, and, and watch his message to see how the connections that we make with God and others bring healing to our lives. Now today, we're going to consider who's on first. We're going to consider something that's the exact opposite of connecting, and that is separating or establishing boundaries in our lives. It's very important to connect with God and others, but sometimes we need to take a step back. And so the take-home point today, and for those of you uh, who are here for the first time or watching online for the first time, the take-home point is the one point that we make each week that we want to take home and pray about it and live it out in the power of the Spirit. And so here it is. Putting Jesus first means being willing to separate from every other relationship. If we get stuck in our connections, particularly unhealthy connections, then we're never going to grow. We're never going to become healthy. And so what we need to do is take a step away, and we need to, first of all, separate ourselves from every relationship except our relationship with Jesus, which is why Jesus is on first. You probably guessed that already, who's on first. Jesus should be on first in our lives. So what does it mean when we say that we want to put Jesus first 
uh, and to separate from every other relationship. Well, we're going to turn to the, Luke, the, the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, and we're going to see three interactions that Jesus had with people that show what it means for us to separate, to establish boundaries in our lives so that we can connect in healthy ways. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for your faithfulness in connecting with us and for sending Jesus, who was willing to separate himself uh, from you and the Holy Spirit to come and be a human being here to give us a new life. God, today, fill us with your spirit so that we can understand both the importance of connecting with you and others and of establishing boundaries from one another so that we can be healthy and growing and, and so that we can help to change other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Luke 9, verse 57, we read this. As they were walking along, and they is Jesus, his disciples, and the crowd that always seemed to be following Jesus, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So what was the man saying to Jesus? He was saying, Jesus, I want to connect with you. In fact, I want to connect with you so much that I want to be with you every day. Wherever you go, I want to go. And if we were living in Jesus' day, wouldn't we want that? If I had the opportunity to live in Jesus' day, I would have wanted to have been one of those 12 disciples. I would have wanted to be there with him every moment. And so the man makes a reasonable request. Can I be with you always? Can I connect with you? But Jesus says, foxes have dens, birds have nests. I don't have a house. I don't have a place to live. Why would Jesus say that? Well, here's what, what happened. Jesus wanted the man to count the cost of separating himself from others. Jesus wanted to show the man the boundaries he would be establishing by saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. And Jesus, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the separation that took place when Jesus came to the earth. He was with God the Father and the Holy Spirit forever. Eternity passed to that moment when he left that situation in heaven to come to earth as a human being. And that separation meant a lot for him. Yes, God the Father was still with him. He, he spoke with him every day. Yes, the Holy Spirit was still in him. But there was a difference now. He was a separate entity, and he didn't have a home. He didn't have a place to live. Every night he had to rely on somebody's you know, goodness, really, for, for a place to stay. And so he was saying to the man, if you really want to follow me, you're going to be not just connecting with me, but you're going to be separating from your family. You're going to be leaving your home. You're going to be taking all of your abilities, and you're going to be putting them to work for me. And in fact, what I'd like to do right now is look at seven different boundary areas in our lives. There are probably many more, but these seven are important ones that we need to establish so that we can separate from each other. And they are, number one, the physical boundaries of body, home, and yard. I have a body, you have a body, and they separate us from each other. And that separation is, is, is God's plan. When I buy a home, you buy a home, let's say we're neighbors, okay? We have a boundary line, our yard. And so if you cross over to my yard, that's okay because I'm a good neighbor. But if you cross over to my yard and build a shed on my yard, then I might not be so happy, right? We might have a little bit of a problem because boundaries keep us separate. But if we don't 
And that's the problem, is sometimes we mix up our connections in our boundaries. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this message. Last week, as Pastor Brad said, we need to connect with God and each other. But this week, what we're saying is, and sometimes we need to separate in the area of the physical, in the area of attitudes, feelings, behaviors, thoughts, abilities, and limits, and desires and choices. So the man who said he would follow Jesus anywhere wasn't considering those things, and Jesus wanted him to. Now, we can't take the time to say what was every single area of the man's life that was going to be impacted by Jesus. And we don't have the time to go through all seven of those areas for each of our lives either. But I want to give a, just a specific example from the life of Nancy and me. Nancy's my wife, for those of you who don't know. When we decided that I was going to follow God's call in my life to become a pastor, what that meant for us was physically we had to move from western Pennsylvania first to the foreign nation of New Jersey. Okay, for three years. Uh, you're laughing, but if you ever lived there, I'm telling you the truth. It's not like here. So anyway, you know, we weren't in Kansas or Pennsylvania anymore. But we lived there for three years. And when we did that, and then we moved to Ohio for five years before moving back here. And we've lived in two places here to follow Jesus. We physically had to move. Now, when we first did that, it caused some problems. Because Nancy and I, we missed our family. We, we had that connection with our family. We had never really been away from our families. And so now we're six hours away in New Jersey. And, and we didn't really want to do that, but that's what we had to do. And, and our family really didn't understand that. Why would you move to that place? In fact, her one brother never visited us until we moved out of there. But anyway, um, after seminary, we got a call to Cincinnati. Now, our parents and our family members heard Ohio. Ohio is like 25 miles away, right? Well, unless it's Cincinnati, then it's six hours away. <laughs> we were six hours away, and then we moved six hours away. The family was still upset. And so sometimes when we separate ourselves apart to do God's will in our lives, then our attitudes and our thoughts and our feelings and our physical location might not agree with our family members. And sometimes they actually try to make you feel guilty for that. Has that ever happened? Don't raise your hand, but I'm sure that's happened in, in your life where people try to make you feel guilty because of the changes that happen when we separate ourselves out for God's purpose. And depending on how healthy our connections to God and other is, then we'll find it easier or more difficult to separate from them to put Jesus first. And what we have to remember is we're all fallen people. We're all, we, none of us has all the spots on our dominoes. You know, we start out as sinners separated from God. We get into this relationship with Jesus, and we're trying to figure out how to connect with God and others in healthy ways, and then how to have boundaries from uh, others. I mean, we don't want to have a boundary from God, but we want to have a boundary from all other people that are healthy. And, and it takes a while to figure that out. But to the degree that we connect in healthy ways and separate in healthy ways, we grow healthier. And, and as we've already said, that the that, that healthy person grows and growing people change. And changed people change other people's lives for eternity. So the best thing we can do for other people is to establish healthy connections and healthy boundaries. Now let's look at the second example of what happened. In this case, Jesus offers somebody a connection. It's in Luke chapter 9, verse 59. He says... Uh, he, that is Jesus, said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. So Jesus offers this man a connection with him. Imagine if you were in the crowd that day and Jesus pointed to you and said, hey, you, I want you to come and follow me. Wouldn't you be excited? I mean, if I got to be one of Jesus' disciples, I'd be so excited. And this guy was probably excited, but he raised his hand and said, Jesus, I have a boundary question. 
is it okay if I go home and bury my dad? Now that sounds like a reasonable request, doesn't it? Go home and bury my dad. I mean, how could Jesus say no to going home and burying the dad? Now, the New Living Translation tries to soften Jesus' answer by saying, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. But in the Greek, it says, let the dead bury their own dead. It's like Jesus is callous, like he doesn't even care. But Jesus does care. He, he, he just wants the man to understand, you have to put me first. I have to come before anybody else in your life. Now, my dad was not a believer when I was growing up. And when I was a teenager, I started to understand what that meant. You know, that my dad, not knowing Jesus, was going to separate him from me forever one day if he didn't come to know Jesus. So as a teenager, I, I tried to talk to my dad about Jesus, but I didn't know how to do it. And I, I didn't get it very, do it very well. And as I got older and older and older, like I'm in my 30s, and my dad's getting older, and he's had a few heart attacks. And I'm thinking, I need to talk to my dad. And, and I realized that because Jesus is first in my life, I can't worry about my connection to my dad, what it's going to do if I talk to him about Jesus. At the same time, I didn't want to break that connection because then how am I going to talk to him about Jesus? So one day on his birthday, I sent a birthday card to him. And inside the birthday card, I wrote a note. And I said, Dad, thank you so much for teaching me how to work hard. Thank you so much for teaching me to tell the truth. Thank you so much for teaching me to do my best in everything that I do. And, and then I said, but you know, Dad, I have a concern. And the concern is one day... We're never going to see each other again, because if you don't know Jesus when you die, you and I are going to be separated from each other forever. And that's, that was what I did, you know, and I didn't know how he was going to take that or anything. But a couple weeks later, I called my mom on Sunday afternoon. I usually called her on Sunday afternoons. And I said, so what do you do today, mom? And she said, well, after we went to church, your dad and I went out to lunch. I said, we? She said, yeah, for the last couple weeks since your dad got that birthday card, he's been going to church with me. I said, really? You know, and he, he didn't come to know Jesus right away. In fact, it was six years later until he came to know Jesus. But what I, I understood from that moment was my separation to Jesus came first in my life, even over my relationship with my dad. And Jesus expected me to be a witness to my dad. And sometimes it's harder to witness in our families than any other place. And what Jesus was saying when he said to the guy, you know, let the dead bury their own dead, I don't think the guy's dad was actually dead. I think the guy was making an excuse. He's like, my dad's like 60 and he's not gonna be around much longer. I wanna stick around with him until he dies. So Jesus, you know, really wanted that connection to be broken so that the prior connection with him would be in place. And here's something we learned from this. It's always easier to default to connection even when our connections aren't healthy. So maybe we have a family that's all messed up, and most of us have families that are all messed up in their own ways, right? Um, and so we have a family that's all messed up, and we're connected in these enmeshed kind of things, and we know that Jesus is calling us to step aside from that, but we want to stay connected because a known connection, even if it's dysfunctional, often seems better than breaking that and stepping out in faith and following Jesus. And we see that in an extreme example when somebody in a family will put up with physical or sexual abuse from a family member rather than break that connection because, again, it's, it's not right and it's not good, but it's more comfortable than the, the thought of being alone. And so Jesus wants us to understand we have to separate from every other thing, put him first, and then we can step back into um, a relationship of connection. So then finally, Jesus asks another guy, do you want to follow me? And so here's what the man says. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, 
Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, once again, this seems like a reasonable request. Jesus, all I want to do is go home and say goodbye to mom and dad. That's all I want to do. Can I do that? And Jesus said, if you do that, then you can't follow me. Because if you, if you put your hand to the plow, in other words, you're going to work for me, you're going to work for me. You're not going to put anybody else before me. And, and the thing that we see from this, because both of these examples are family examples. I want to bury my dad. I want to say goodbye to my family. Is that establishing and maintaining boundaries is one of the most difficult tasks of growing up spiritually and emotionally. So many times our families are enmeshed. And until we separate and put Jesus first, we can't step back into that in a healthy kind of way. And Jesus was not against families. If you read the Gospels, we find in Mark chapter 10 that the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, hey, can a can person get divorced for any and every reason? And Jesus says, look, that's the, the hardness of human hearts is why Moses allowed that to happen. But from the beginning, God established that a man would leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and the two will become one. And then Jesus added something that isn't in Genesis chapter 2. He said, therefore, what God has joined, let no one separate. So Jesus was for the family. And actually, later on in Mark chapter 10, a bunch of families brought their children to Jesus to bless them. And the disciples said, hey, the master's too busy. He doesn't have time for this. Get out of here. And Jesus rebukes the disciples. And he says, let them come to me because of such is the kingdom of God. So Jesus is not against families. He simply wants us to put him first so that we can relate appropriately to our families, to our coworkers, to the people we go to school with, and to everybody. In our lives. So, this is gonna sound a little counterintuitive, but if when I've established my boundaries with according to God's plan and purposes, then and only then I'm free to connect with God, with you, and with others in the healthiest ways. And when I separate myself to God, to Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit work in my life, then I can step into my connection with God, with you and with others in the healthiest way. For example, let's say after worship today, somebody says to me, Pastor Chris, I need to connect with you this week. Could we go out to lunch on Wednesday? Now, my natural inclination is to say yes, because I'm an ENFP. In the Myers-Briggs type indicator, ENFP means I'm an extrovert. And I'm an extreme extrovert. Last week, Pastor uh, Brad said he was an introvert, you know, that after he's been around people, he has to go back and sit by himself. <laughs> after I've been around people, I'm like, where's some more people? You know, I, I want to be with people. That's the way it is. And, and so if you ask me to go out to lunch, I want to go, yes, okay. Uh, but here's the thing. If I have separated myself off to Jesus, the first thing I should say is not yes. The first thing I should say is Jesus. What I have gone on on Wednesday? Well, this week, actually, for real, I'm leaving tomorrow morning, and I'm going away for a week of private retreat. It is painful for me to go away for a week of private retreat. Um, it's the fourth year in a row that I've done it, and I learned in the past three years, it's so important for me to do it. One year, in one week, I, I wrote a book. Another year, I wrote the summer a series of messages. Always, uh, last year, I wrote the Basic Radical Discipleship class for NLU, in addition to spending hours and hours in prayer. And as I said, I'm an extreme extrovert. You know, I'll talk to a tree, and actually I did last year whenever I was down at Laurelville because I just, you know, I needed some conversation. But, but the point is, the point is, it's very important for me to take that week away, to be with God, to be separate, to remember who I am, whose I am, and what I'm called to do. In fact, if I don't do that, then I can't preach as effectively if I don't take every Friday as my Sabbath, and I, I don't schedule things on Fridays very often, because I need that time away. 
even though I'm an extrovert, and I think I'd like to be with you all the time. But let's do some practical math here. There are about 1,600 people who call New Life their church home. So if 1,600 people need to go to lunch with Pastor Chris, and there's seven lunches in a week, um, that would be 4.29 years before I could go to lunch with everybody. Now, I know some of you don't even want to go to lunch with me. Okay, I get that. All right, but it makes me feel bad, but I get that. Um, But I can't go to lunch with all of you. In fact, there are some of you I will never go to lunch with. And, And it's not because I don't like you. I do like you. It's not because I don't want to. I do want to. But matter of fact is I cannot go to lunch with everybody uh, because there's only seven lunches a week and there's only so much time. And when Jesus said to the man, let the dead bury their own dead, it sounded hard. And when Jesus said, you need to come and work for me, don't worry about your family, it sounded hard. And if I say to you, I can't go to lunch with you. In fact, somebody said to me uh, after the first service, okay, so next week you can't go to lunch with me, but what about the next week? (laughs) And I said, all those lunches are already taken. What about the next week? When are you going to pencil me in? I don't know. Um, But if I do pencil you in, I will go with you unless, you know, something that's like a funeral or something like that supersedes it. But uh, I also had another ENFP who was leaving after the first service. He said, you tell anybody who wants to go to lunch, I'll go to lunch with them. (laughs) I don't know. I think he only has seven lunches a week too. But anyway... The point of this conversation is I want to connect with Jesus first so that when I say yes to you, it means something. Because if I say yes to everybody, it doesn't mean anything. And the fact is, if I say yes to everybody, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people because then I'm going to call you up and say, well, you know, I said yes, but now I'm saying no. But if I separate myself from, from you all to be with Jesus, and then you ask me a question and I say yes, then my yes means something because I filtered it through Jesus and now when I connect with you, and that's what we're talking about, when we separate ourselves off in healthy ways to be with God, to connect with him, then when we step back in to the connection, it's a healthy connection. So connection is, is important, vital. It's part of being like God in the image of God. But boundaries are also important. It's part of being like God. And next week we're gonna talk about the importance of understanding good and evil or good and bad and distinguishing between the two of those because that's part of what it is to be like God. And then the last week what we're gonna talk about is what it means to be a full-grown adult, mature like Jesus because that's what it means to be like God. And as we do each of those things, and it's not in isolation, all of those things together over time, we become healthier and healthier and healthier. And it's a lifelong process and it's not an easy process. But it starts with following Jesus first, putting him first in our lives. So that's the commitment for today. I will follow wherever Jesus leads me this week. I will follow wherever Jesus leads me this week. The only way we'll do that is if we step back and submit ourselves to him, put him first in our lives, so then we can step in and follow where he's leading. If you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord in your life, then you can't really do that. You can't really follow somebody who isn't in charge of your life. So I would encourage you to look at this uh, statement that's up on the screen. Actually, it's a couple of statements. uh, And it says, Jesus, I submit my life to you. Submit means to put myself under the authority of Jesus. uh, and And then it says, become Savior and Lord right now. Savior means saving you from sin and death. And Lord means owner, master. And then finally, you are first and I will follow wherever you lead. See, if I've submitted my life to Jesus, putting him first in my life, if, if he is my Savior and Lord, then I can indeed follow wherever he leads, 
And that might lead to lunch with you, but not this week and not next week, but maybe some week. Or it might lead to me standing here on a particular Sunday preaching a particular message. But it starts with submitting myself to Jesus and letting him be Savior and Lord in my life so that I can follow him. Now, maybe you've done that. Maybe you've already submitted yourself to Jesus. Maybe you've put him in charge as Lord and Savior. But you haven't really been really following him. You haven't really separated out time for him so that your boundaries are established so your connections can be healthy. So you might need to say that same thing, right? Jesus, I submit my life to you. Become Savior and Lord right now. You are first and I will follow wherever you lead. So if you need to say that for the first time or for the 10,000th time, say it with me right now. Jesus, I submit my life to you. Become Savior and Lord right now. You are first and I will follow wherever you lead. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone who, for the very first time, said, Jesus, I submit my life to you. I thank you for every person who said for the tenth time, the hundredth time, the thousandth, the ten thousandth time, Jesus, I submit my life to you. And I pray, God, that this week that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can indeed connect with you and connect with others in healthy ways. And God, so that we can step back and, and let the boundaries of our lives Put you first so that when we do step forward in connection, it can be healthy and appropriate and so that our lives being changed will change other people for eternity. God, and I pray that people in our lives, family members, co-workers, people we go to school with every day, people that see us out in the community will see the healthy connections and the healthy boundaries and they will know there is something special going on and that has to be from you because it's just not natural for us to live that way apart from your supernatural presence in our lives. So we thank you in advance for letting us follow wherever you lead us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.